Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Harlow. Harlow's all-in-one freelancing software helps you manage and organize your day-to-day operations, get a full view of your clients, and get paid for the work you do, all from one intuitive dashboard. Founded by two former freelancers who know the ups and downs firsthand, Harlow is about more than just software. They're passionate about creating a supportive community for freelancers to grow and thrive. Harlow's launching soon, and if you sign up for the newsletter today, you'll get an access to a free month once the product goes live. Go to meetharlow.com slash subscribe to sign up now. That's M-E-E-T-H-A-R-L-O-W dot com slash subscribe. So early in my freelancing career, and I think we've talked about this before, and I think you had a similar experience, I took on a lot of projects that I really knew nothing about. And this is a question we got from one of our listeners is like, how do you write about something that you know nothing about? Or maybe there's a new niche you want to get into, or maybe there's a new industry that you're excited about and you want to write about, like, for example, NFTs and cryptocurrency. It's like this new emerging thing. It's all changing every day. Like it's exciting, but it's something that people are just now learning about and figuring out. So how do you approach something like that when you're starting from basically zero and you want to lean into a new subject matter? So my first question for you to kick things off is, have you had an experience like this where you've done a project where you went in knowing nothing? And if so, like, how did you navigate that? Mm. Yeah, I feel like these days it's rare for me to go in knowing nothing. At one time, it happens that I knew basically nothing. I think that very early in my career, I gained a lot of research skills that helped me through when I kind of knew nothing. And I, I think I now have a good sense of like how to figure out some information that I don't have. One of the things that's kind of like happened too is... I tell clients now more readily, like, I don't really know about this. So here's what I'm going to need from you to get me up to speed. That's something that occurs to me. How about you? Like, I'm curious, like, do you encounter stuff today that you feel like you know nothing about? Or do you feel like that's something that is behind you now? I mean, yes, there are still things that I feel like I know nothing about. Maybe it's even within the realm of subject matter expertise I have, maybe it's like something, a new trend that's coming out or like a change in consumer behavior, whatever it might be, like things are always changing. So I, I always think that there are things that I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Or like, I had no idea that that was a thing. So yes, it still happens. The difference is like, I'm staying within a particular lane of this is the industry I work in these are the general topics that I like write about and know about. It's more just like keeping tabs on what's evolving and changing. Whereas in the beginning, when I was first freelance writing and taking any project that came my way, I was writing about like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like wrote a website copy for an HVAC company, which I knew nothing about HVAC. 
I had to do a ton of research. I had to do it like I didn't know the lingo. I didn't know like I had to do a ton of customer of uh, interviews with the people behind the business to like figure out how they talked about things. Another example of this was I worked for a independent review company for a, like a healthcare company that reviewed insurance claims that were submitted. And I knew nothing about that too. So there was a huge learning curve there where I was just literally like sitting in front of the computer, trying to soak up as much information as I could to get familiar with the things that I was writing about and talking about. And yeah, that was super intimidating to go into those projects. Like I am super unfamiliar with this stuff. I don't know about it. And I think the the most helpful thing for me in those early days was like finding a glossary about with all the terms related to the the industry that I was talking about or writing about and just starting there. Like what is the vernacular of this space and getting familiar with the words and terms. So it's doable, but it's not something that you want to be doing all the time, right? Because then you're just going to be exhausted. You're going to be so tired. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like why you eventually want to narrow down into working in a specific field. So like, as you said, you're sort of honing your knowledge as you go, as opposed to like reinventing the wheel every time. Like I feel the same way. Like now I work in B2B software and it's funny because sometimes I have clients come to me, especially agency clients. And they're like, we can't find writers that know anything about this. Like they don't understand the space. Like, and it's interesting to me because I'm like, I don't even know if I know about it, which of course I do. (laughs) I do know about it, but it's like, I think as your knowledge increases, you sort of forget that there was a time that you didn't know a lot about something. And then I thought about like, they said this to me and I'm like, well, how did I learn about it? Like some of it is like, I worked inside a B2B SaaS company. So I was hired and I knew nothing about it. But like, if you work in house, you're given like a crash course in whatever the field is. It's like, if you worked at an HVAC company, like you know a lot about HVAC, right? So I think whenever you can, leveraging prior knowledge is helpful, but that's not always possible. But then I think like, as you go through, you really need to understand not just like sort of what the things are, but like about the industry as a whole. And the way that I found is the best for doing that is like, first of all, reading articles on the internet, like that's great. Like all that kind of desk research is great. But what's helped me a lot is having conversations with subject matter experts about like how these things work. And that's like one of the major things that I offer today is like articles written by me featuring insights from subject matter experts. And the reason that's been like interesting to me is that like, I don't necessarily have to know a ton about the topic. I'm relying on the expert and then I'm translating that into something that somebody else can read. And I think in those conversations, what's really important is to ask really good questions. And like, if you don't understand something, don't pretend that you do, because then you're going to write something and it becomes clear that you didn't understand it. It's way better to be like, I don't really understand like what this software does or how it works. Like, can you please explain it to me? That's way better. And then if you record those calls, you can listen to it later. That's even more helpful. But like, I think there's a tendency to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. I understand that. But I'd rather, I'd so much rather have a subcontractor working with me to be honest and be like, hey, I need a little extra help having you explain this to me. I would always rather have that too. And what's interesting is I found that sometimes an editor, especially if they're new to the company or if they're maybe less junior than a more experienced editor, you can spot that. You can spot that gap in knowledge. So like they'll be going through your piece and making just kind of general 
grammar edits, flow edits, things like that. But then you go back and read it and you're like, oh, this could have been stronger here. Like I could have had a better example there. And it's because you do know that subject matter and you can spot those holes and like areas for optimization. And so I'm like you, like I would always rather be in the place of appearing ignorant and like asking questions and having a really curious approach to how can I do the best possible job? Whereas I think there's sometimes a big fear of, I don't want to ask questions because then I'm exposing the fact that maybe I don't know as much as they want me to, or they feel I should know. I think it's always best to ask those questions though. I would always, if I'm the person hiring a writer, I would always rather have them come to me and ask questions than try to guess at it. And then it takes longer in the editing process to fix things. No upfront. I want to know those and those questions and and be as helpful as possible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're on the same page about that. And then I think like in terms of, I'm just imagining some freelancer being like, okay, I'd like to get into B2B because you can make a lot of money there. And it seems like there's a lot of opportunities there and they're all online. And it's like, how do you learn about that? I always, I tell people like when they're first starting out, a lot of times the best way is to get an in-house job. You've heard me say that before. And that's not because I'm like freelancing is like horrible and you can't do it from scratch. But like in something like B2B SaaS, like it can be really helpful to have that experience. And then if for some reason it's not a good fit for you to get that experience, again, like having as many conversations as you can, you can talk to other freelancers that work in the space, but I think it's better to, to talk to like people in the space in general. So you get a better idea of like how the company functions across like product and marketing and engineering and all of these different areas, because that's ultimately how you're going to get like a more big picture view. Because I think that's what a lot of freelancers lack when they write about this stuff is like, they might be able to do some research about some certain topic that they're given, but without the sort of big picture understanding of like what the company does why, who they're selling to, what the companies that are like that they're selling to. Sometimes that content just doesn't really work. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes it's just a tricky thing because you want to go in and you want to you want to come across as this person who can like handle anything that's thrown their way, right? So you want to be as versatile as possible. But when you're entering a new niche and when you're entering a new realm, I think the other thing that can be really helpful is like be an apprentice to somebody who's already established in that space and like to have them take you under their wing. And like, even if it's a subcontracting relationship where you're, they're going in and editing your piece and you're seeing like, oh, here are the changes that they're making. And you're kind of getting an inside look at how they would approach tackling the piece. And so when I work with subcontractors, that's one of the things that I really enjoy is like having them get an inside look at how my brain would process a particular subject and they get my notes on, here's why this needs to be different. Here's how this could be stronger. Add this here, take this out, reorganize this. It's a good firsthand view at like how to think about things really from a high level and how to get an inside peek at somebody who knows the subject matter really well, get a peek at their brain. And so you could do that. You could also if you get a ton of onboarding documents where they're providing you a lot of information to soak up, like really take the time to do that. I think a lot of time people will rush through those documents and not really take the time to absorb them, get super familiar with, like you said, the company, the product, how it works, who it is that they're selling to and their pain points. If those things are provided, 
that's something to really invest some time in. And once you do that, you're going to go into the project feeling a little bit more confident about what it is you're supposed to accomplish and who you're writing for and all of those important things you need to know when you sit down to write something. So those are two other options as well. Like really lean into the provided documents and like be a sponge, soak all of that up as much as you can. And then if you're still struggling, like find somebody else who's already doing it and is at the level you want to be at and see if they are looking for help. Like make the ask. Slide into their Twitter DMs and say, hey, you know, I want to do what you're doing. I I really admire it. I'm trying to break in and not super familiar with this subject matter, but I would love to work with you if you're looking for help. That's how I found some of my best subcontractors so far. Yeah, that also like everything you said there reminded me that when you don't know a lot about something, it also can be a really good fit to work for an agency. And oftentimes, not always, but sometimes agencies don't have as high rates, but like the but what they do have is they have like a steady supply of needs and like articles, copy, whatever that needs to be written. And they may have the knowledge, like the people in the agency, it's not like you have to go directly to the client and be like, I don't understand this. You can talk more with the agency about like, help me get up to speed on this. How do you get up to speed on this? How did you get to understand this? Because I find that when I work with an agency, it's more like they're in my boat. Like we sort of understand each other. We understand how clients work. And we can have sort of more open conversations about like what some of the struggles are. So that's a thought too, that if you work for an agency that specializes in a certain area, it can be a good way to level up as well. Yeah. The other thing, I had a conversation this morning with another freelancer who wanted to figure out where to really niche down and focus on what was most profitable for his business. So he was doing kind of a variety of projects. There was four or five main buckets of types of projects that he was doing all within the same sort of space, but he wanted to figure out which one was most profitable and like that he had the most volume in. So I think, yeah, I think that that's an interesting way to figure out too, like, okay, maybe you want to pivot to this one area of specialization because it's generating the most money for your business, but it's also like the most work that's coming your way. People seem to know you for this one thing. So looking at the the variety of projects you've done over the past year or two years, whatever it is, and being like, okay, what am I most excited about? What makes the most money? And what am I seeming to get a, a steady flow of work around? And sometimes that's an easy way to reverse engineer. Like, where should I, if I need to pivot a little bit, where should that be? Like, what makes the most logical sense? Where should I focus my time and energy moving forward? Yeah, totally. Uh, One thing that we haven't touched on that I think can be really helpful when you don't know what topic and like maybe we should have started it with this is books. (laughs) Like, duh, books. But like books are going to be way more comprehensive than any like one internet article. So I think reading not just about like content marketing and copywriting, but about like certain industries and certain spaces is really, really important too. Because there's plenty of books out there about software or like if you're writing about e-commerce, like the history of fashion or like whatever they are, like I think having that knowledge is really helpful as well. Yeah. And I think the a good partner for that is like find podcasts that are talking about that. So you get kind of like the news and trends aspect and then find people on Twitter who are tweeting about those types of topics. Because for me, that's been one of the best ways I stay informed on what's happening in my space is like, just following really smart people who are pretty 
active on Twitter and are putting out interesting thoughts and ideas and things they're noticing and seeing, sometimes that for me is like almost a curation of the best bits of information I need to have as a writer, just having an eye on what's happening and what people are saying within my space. Yeah. And there's all different kinds of communities, right? Like you could do Twitter, you can be on LinkedIn, you can join Facebook groups, you can join Slack channels. Like there are many places to have these conversations, ask these questions about what you don't know, find resources. I mean, community can help a lot. Yeah. So what are some things that you would say not to do when somebody is thinking about, okay, I want to write about something I don't know a ton about. What is maybe some bad advice you've seen or things that are like you do not think are effective time investments? Yeah. So I think one thing that I mentioned before is when people like just pretend that they know it and they just like try and write something without asking questions. I think that can be like just an absolute kiss of death. And then, so that's like one thing. Don't do that. I think that's like my biggest. I'm like, just don't pretend that you don't know. And like, don't be like too cool to ask for help, whether it's from the client itself or it's like someone else in the community that might like know what you're going through or might know the industry better. Like there's also like a world where you are working on something for B2B SaaS, let's say, and you find someone like you or me to sort of like copy chief it and say like, hey, like, can you just like take a look at this? Like I'll, I've had people pay me in the past to just like basically look over something and give suggestions and make sure that it's, it's ready to go. Yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Like, what do you think maybe is stuff that you wouldn't do? I think it's super easy to fall into the trap of like over-investing in say you get like subscriptions to a bunch of different media outlets and then you buy a course and you buy the software that like promises to help you achieve something really amazing with your content that you're writing. I think it's super easy to overinvest because you're just like so hungry for a quick fix that you buy a bunch of stuff that maybe isn't a great fit for what you actually need or it doesn't deliver what you were hoping for. So I would say always look for the free stuff first. Like there's so much free information about everything on the internet. Like always, always go for the free stuff first and soak up as much as you can. And ask around. Like if you're thinking about investing in something, ask other people who are in that space. Like, hey, have you purchased this? Like what are your thoughts on it? Or go to a Slack channel and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying X, Y, and Z. Does anybody have any feedback on this? Like, is it a good investment? Is it a wise choice? So I would just say like, especially when you're in a pinch and you're like really looking for, maybe you've got a new assignment and it's something you you don't know much about and you're freaking out. And so you're like looking for the magic bullet. So then you go out and you buy a bunch of crap and none of it's quite what you need. And now you're super in the hole in the project. That I think is the one thing to be really mindful of is that everybody's happy to sell you something that they promise will be a quick fix, but it almost never is. So just keeping that top of mind, especially in those moments of panic, I think can save you a lot of frustration and money. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.